episode 70, Solid Facebook Ads Guidance, The Inspired Chiropractor. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we hear Dr. Sean Andrews' perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards-nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Are you ready for a triple threat of video marketing tips, tricks, Facebook marketing, messenger? We're bringing it this week. We're bringing it for an entire month, actually. We got Chris Burfield, we got Chad Woolner, and we got Sean Andrews. Two are chiropractors. One just loves chiropractic, but they are they have their own thing going. Uh, one really specializes in video. One specializes with click funnels, um, and one. It will teach you how to do your own ad so you don't have to pay somebody, especially with all these uh, shady characters out there, which we'll definitely talk about throughout the series. We got family men, too. So the the second half of the interview is quite good on each person's show. So get your ink pens out. You're going to want to take some notes. Put that camera on selfie mode. Fix your hair. Get a cool background. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain with our social media video series. Hey, hey, it's another week. It's another episode. And unfortunately, the last person was not able to schedule in time. So we'll have to schedule him for a different day. Um, That's too bad because I was looking forward to a physical therapist perspective on all this Facebook ads and videos and all that kind of stuff. But hey, that's how it goes sometimes. Well, back to the show. Continuing the series, today is Dr. Sean Andrews, the inspired chiropractor. We're going to take a little different approach today. At one point, he was doing ads for people, and now he's going to teach you how to do ads. And why does he do that? We're going to go through some of the nitty-gritty about retargeting your patient base, how to do that legally. Uh, He practiced in a small town, and that didn't quite work so well, so he moved to the regional hub. And that is still, it can be small, it can be big, it just depends on your city. So we'll kind of go through, you know, should I go in a big city, small city, medium-sized city? And... Facebook Messenger ads. Now, with the recent, if you didn't know, uh, they kind of shut down Messenger bots recently, um, you know, using the bots. So we didn't really talk too much about bots, just a little bit about automation. So this interview will still be valid and you have to just do it a different way, like the way we talk about. Um, But they said you can still use the bots if you already signed up, but there's really no new openings. Um, But of course, Facebook Messenger and bots are not the same thing. Uh, You can do Facebook Messenger without those. So Hopefully that wasn't too confusing. Just know this episode is good. Facebook Messenger is still legit. It's still a way to do it. And he will show you how he uses it to get new patients. So a doctorsperspective.net slash seven zero for the show notes. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China, we have a great guest all the way from Southern Minnesota. He is a father of six. He is a strong Godly man, a family man, but not only that, he is a chiropractor with a successful business now and now a Facebook ads company and a soon to be released podcast. Welcome to the guest, the inspired chiropractor, Sean Andrews. Thank you for having me, sir. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Well, we always want to know how you became a chiropractor and and to be truth be told, I heard you on another podcast one time and, and the, the the quick version that I had heard was you had a clinic that was um, up and down, struggling for a few years. You ended up having to like move to a whole other city, which I definitely want to hear about that. And then it finally started slowly building. And it's actually now you have a practice that is constant. It's steady. Your wife's also a chiropractor, although I don't know if she works with six kids. And <laughs> but um, uh, she works, but not not in the office. Okay, yeah, definitely is working yep. harder than you are, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so enough of Justin telling the world who you are and what you're about. Take it away. <laughs> Give us the the Sean version. Yeah, so that's yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, so I grew up in North Central Iowa, and uh, I always wanted to be in the healthcare field. And um, kind of bounce around between majors while I was an undergrad and eventually found chiropractic. I never had a real big miracle story like my wife did or uh, a lot of other people have. 
Uh, mine was just sort of an interest in the idea of chiropractic, the fact that you can heal the body naturally and, and do it with your hands and and have good rapport. I mean, everything I read in the, the first part of my research in the chiropractic said, you know, you have such great relationships with your patients and it's not in and out and it's just a cool thing. And, and I, so I decided to become a chiropractor before I'd actually ever been to one, which is, I think is somewhat unique. That is unique. Um, so I finally, so I said, you know, my neck's a little stiff. And I better go see what this is all about on the receiving end <laughs> before I become one. So I went and got adjusted and, and loved it even more. And the, the rest is history. And um, met my wife at chiropractic college. We went to Northwestern up in Bloomington, up in the Twin Cities, oh. uh, Minnesota. So we met there. Uh, she's a year and a half older than me, so she graduated first and uh, ended up getting her externship, her teeth and externship, in a little town in southern Minnesota little town of about 1,700 people, which was actually a big town compared to what I grew up in, but still a small town. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and then the doctor said, you want to buy this clinic? And we ended up buying the clinic. And, um, you know, maybe not the best business. I think we paid a little bit too much for it, but, you know, that's water in the bridge. That's 14 years ago. And, yeah, it was a struggle for you know, a long time. And uh, we struggled. She bought the clinic in 2004. And then I think we, we moved up 20 miles up the road to the main regional center. So where I live, there's Mankato and there's all your little other things around that. You know, it's a re- regional hub is how it works. And then, you know, the Twin Cities is an hour, hour and a half up the road from there. So instead of practicing in a small bedroom town, we thought, well, we can't get anybody from Mankato to come this way. It just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a really, really hard uphill battle to do. Let's just move the practice up. And a lot of people from Mapleton followed us. And then we had a much bigger, you know, area to draw from uh, in Mankato. So um, once, but even that was a bit of a struggle for a couple of years. And the big thing was because we, we weren't very coachable. You know, I, I practice management gets kind of bad rap sometimes. And they do have their limitations. But when practice really started to take over, Justin, was when we realized we didn't know it all and that we needed help. And then we actually listened to our coach at the time, and then things took off, right? And that's that's when we started to see success. And and then obviously after that, I started learning marketing on my own and you know, some things outside of what that group taught. And things really even got better a lot better after that because I didn't have to kill myself at screenings over the weekend. So yeah. um, that's kind of the 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 somewhat digest version of of my practice life. And like you said, my wife and I. Um, we've been married 14 years now, um, and we have five kids. Uh, number six is almost here, so can, we can claim number six. Yep, they are due. Number six is due April 20th, so anytime now uh, from where this is being recorded. Yeah. Yep. Life is good. I always tell people, you, the, the people in the podcast will be able to see this, but there's a reason I'm, I'm thin up top and the beard's getting a little gray. It's because I have six kids, but I want to change the thing about it. It's awesome. That is not a problem at all. Okay, so let's take a step back. I thought a small town was like 6,000 and oof, that's hard enough to try to get a practice going. But And I do have a friend. I think he's in a town anywhere between two and six. He's like the overhead's so low it's profitable, but it's always yeah. been kind of steady and it's never really grown. So he's like, if that was my only clinic, man, it'd be... It'd be tough eating, you know? <laughs> so he has two clinics. Right. But so what are some of the struggles that you're going to find if someone else is looking at, should I start a clinic in such a small town? Like, I know there's some companies, a small town doesn't mean small practice. Right. Yeah, and that's true. I think that it, it depends on the small town a little bit, too. Um, you know, it, 1,700 is pretty small. Um, and 1,700 being close to such a big regional hub makes it tougher. Um but, you know, in a, in a... So you were a bedroom community. Yeah, it's a bedroom town, no doubt about it. Main Street has a few businesses on it. Um, most people that live here work in Mankato. So um, I think it depends on the small town. If you're in, like, a small town of 6,000 in that is its own regional hub of sorts, I think that's easier because... That'd be okay. Yeah. Right, because then people will come to you. And in a small town of 6,000, it's a lot easier to become that local authority and to be known. Um, in Mankato, I'm pretty well known. It still feels like a small town. 55,000 is still not huge. No, not at but all. But it is a lot tougher to a lot tougher to be like the pillar of the community in a town the size of Mankato. 
So there's ups and downs, but I think it all depends on, on the. You can't just look at the population size. You got to look at some of the demographics, and then also very relative to other big towns or small towns. Well, like you said, the big key there was: is six thousand the hub, or is it fifty thousand is the hub? Did you have to have strange hours to accommodate the bedroom community? Like work until eight o'clock at night, but not starting until like three in the afternoon or anything? We actually, when, when we were in a small town, we worked from seven thirty to five on some days. I think it was. This is nine, nine years ago, so my memory's a little rough. And then we were open until 6.30 other days. So, yeah, we had really early hours and really late hours to try to catch people when they were either before they went to work in Mankato or when they came back from work in Mankato. So, yeah, it's a little easier to have moderate hours now than it was before. Did you find that people actually showed up in the morning? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, and sometimes, depends who's, who's circulating through the clinic now, but my 8 o'clock hour is usually jammed full. It's still the 8 o'clock and the, the 4 to 5 or the 4 to 6 is when we're the busiest. Okay. So that's good to know. I, I tried my hand at, at that before and I, I was so, you're trying to, you're like, what's the best hours? And, you know, yeah. you just can't work 9 to 5 like in some places because you're like, yeah, everybody's already at work and they're already at home. <laughs> so Exactly. Yep. And then I, the one thing I always say is I, I we opened, we were open on Saturdays for a little while, but we quickly realized that one, we don't have any family time when we do that. Yeah. Two, most people can get in during the week, and if they can't, they can go somewhere else where they want to be open on Saturdays. And then a lot of those people didn't even show up, and then I'm irritated and ticked off, and I'm here on Saturday, and they're not there. So we have we haven't been open on Saturdays for like well, thirteen years, and haven't really ever looked back. So yeah, I mean, there's so many chiropractors they're not even open on Fridays. So <laughs> yep. <laughs> But we close at one on Friday, so we only really work a half day. So, yeah, I'm all for that. Indeed. It makes a difference when you have like a, a three-day weekend or whatever, two and a half. It still feels like three. Uh, you always come back feeling recharged, refreshed, and, and just ready to hit the ground running again. Yep. And I, like I said, I think people will come to you when you're open. You know, if people need, really need a need a, a one that's open till 7 at night or open on the weekends, they can go somewhere else. But the doc doesn't mind doing that. But for most people, especially if you have a family and a wife – do the hours that work for you. The people that are right for you will come to you then. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. I am ready. You are our third installment of Facebook ads, videos, of um, funnels. And I think everybody I've had so far, we all use ClickFunnels. Let's, let's just be honest. It works well. Mm-hmm. We're into videos. Yep. We're into Facebook marketing and Instagram. And we're trying to just do the best we can. So, all right. Are you a 1995 everything in the kitchen sink in the first day or are you trying to build one of these? No, you're still going to pay 79 bucks or $99 for the initial exam and you're going to be chasing me. I'm not chasing you. Right. So I used to be when I first started doing Facebook ads because it worked relatively well. I used to do the $25 or the $29 exam and x-ray deal. I never included the adjustment in that. No. I think that if you're, there's a time and a place for a good discount, but never, ever include the adjustment. Um, you're just really, it's giving away too much. And I've seen people are including like three or four adjustments with that $21. It's just, it's madness in my mind. And that's like no confidence. Yeah, exactly. Right. And people, a long time ago, when we used to do more discounts, we had a person that worked for us. And she said before she started working for us, her friend said, well, do you really want to go work for them? They seem like they're struggling all the time because they're always running these specials. Oh. So I think in the public's mind, it, 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 it makes you think, seem desperate or something like that. But that being said, though, too, I still have great patients that have come in for years that came in from a $29 Facebook exam special. So I think there's a time and a place for it, and not everybody that comes in for that is going to abuse it, but I, I've just gotten away from that entirely. My strategy on Facebook now is more circled around Messenger. I've done a lot of Messenger ads here recently, and it's more about just putting out great content in the form of videos. I've been doing more long-form blog-type Facebook posts and then pushing that to my target audience. And then about and it's about retargeting people um, with Facebook. And then the other big thing for Facebook with me that people don't talk about enough is is retargeting your current patient base with Facebook ads, so you stay top of mind, so that they give you referrals. Um, it's just a really great way to build that 
raving fan into your into your uh, your community into your patient base by sending those retargeted Facebook ads to your people that have already been been a part of your office. When you're doing those, I was like, when you're doing retargeting the patients you already have, you're obviously yep. going to have to have a different message. Do you have to tailor it a little bit because of like HIPAA? I mean, you, can you just right put it out there? Hey, you've been a patient. Come on back. <laughs> exactly. Because of HIPAA and then also because of Facebook's uh, own guidelines. They don't want the person to be like, you know, you can't. I, I had an experience with Frank Kern one time where I went to his okay. web page. And then the next hour, an ad popped up that said, hey, I saw that you're on the web page, and now sign up and blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you do this? And I thought, that's really creepy. And that's what Facebook doesn't want you to do. So you have to be like, you can't really say I have you on a list because you're my patient, but you can <laughs> still say things like, um, we're doing a, um, you know, um, a review blast. If you, you know, if you get, if you leave a review on Google, we'll give you ten entries into an iPad Mini drawing we're having at the end of the quarter. We give away a iPad Mini every quarter. And people get entries in that drawing by checking in on Facebook while they're at our office, and then they get, you know, there's other ways, and leaving a review is one of those ways. So, yeah, you have to be careful with how you do it. You know, you don't want to out really say, hey, you've been a patient. Come on in. We know you're a patient, and that doesn't work. you got to be kind of coy about it and, and, and word it just right. You know? Could you do a dinner with the doc to patients you've already had to hopefully get them to bring their own family or, like, referral oh, type sure. thing? Yeah, definitely. I've never used it for that, but, no, you could definitely do it like that. You know, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's normally for code leads when you do, like, dinner with the docs, right? Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. I've I haven't ever done a dinner with a doc myself, but I okay. used to run ads for doctors that did it. And my my goal and what we did was we got them people that have never been to the office. Because the problem with the dinner with the doc sometimes is that you'll have you know ten current patients and half of those will bring guests. So you're buying dinner for ten people that are already your patients and love you, and maybe for five people. But with how we did it for the other docs, we would get them, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty people that have never been there to their dinners. So you can use Facebook ad. That's one of the best things for lead generation, in my opinion. Without resorting to that twenty-one dollar crazy good deal BS, is mm-hmm. trying to get people to an event, whether it be a dinner with the doc or a workshop or whatnot. That's really one of the best use for. It's one of the best tactics to get leads for a chiropractor on Facebook, in my opinion, these days. You made a comment about creating long blog posts. I've read some of your blog posts. They're actually quite good, especially if someone hasn't been a part of a management company before. They definitely are going to have their eyes open to like, wow, you could do, I don't know, you could, wow. And so it's it's good information that you're putting out there. Is that, is there, a, you're giving it a free, so they're coming into your website. Is there any other types of tripwires that you're actually trying to get them to, here's my email for that blog post, or here's an email for something completely different? I mean, what kind of secrets do you have for, for getting emails, I guess? Um, it's, it's harder for a chiropractic office, in my opinion, to get emails from a, for their, off, their chiropractic clinic. Because um, okay. what we, people typically don't want to read a report on headaches or fibromyalgia. <laughs> It's really? just a really tough thing to get people to do. Yeah. The blog post for my own clinic, the big thing is that you is to get your pixel installed, your pixel. So then that way you can retarget them and follow them around the interwebs and uh <laughs> and then follow up with them that way. That's the that's the big thing for me. I mean, there's people that do put out um ebooks and get, you know, leads from that. But it's got to be highly specialized. People I know that are having good success with that are like the uh, the Steve Tullius that does neurodevelopmental disorders, and he has a great yeah, ebook special on there. Exactly, those people are, are highly specialized. It's highly niched down, and they're highly motivated to to give you their email address for whatever great information you give them because they're desperate. They want their kids to be better. Um, so. If you can tap into that in another way for a lead magnet for a chiropractic website, that's great. It's just harder to do unless you get hyper-specialized and hyper-niched niche down like that. For one thing, the big thing that I think that works well you know, for the other business is video trainings is another is one that works really well. I put it together mm-hmm. an ebook for why chiropractors should be on Facebook and, and how to utilize it. So um, ebooks work good. Video trainings work good. 
Um, sometimes it's like a value add for the blog post. So I'll type up a blog post, and you know, I, the one where I did was I explained how what custom audiences were for Facebook and how it can help get your ad shown more efficiently and more cost efficiently because uh, Facebook actually will charge you less if you're marketing to a warm audience. That's the beauty of custom audiences. And at the end, I said, well, I typed all this out for you. If you want to see a video of how it works out, put your email in here, and then you'll get a video of how to actually do it. So there's a bunch of different ways you can have tripwires and things set up to to get your um, – I just haven't done that as much with my own clinic. I focus more on the pixel and retargeting, but it can definitely be done. No, I like that. I mean, because, you know, infographics are nice. But again, like you said, well, uh, I'm going to give you a headache infographic when yeah. – Maybe I could get you to sign up for three easy stretches to uh, combat your own headaches or to combat right. your own sciatica or something like that. And people like videos. That's what they keep telling us. Yeah. So. And <laughs> the other thing, don't, don't, don't forget that a workshop and a dinner with the doc is a tripwire, right? It's just not passive on your part. You just you have to be there. You have to put it on. I'm going to experiment with doing like a webinar workshop for my local like here coming up. I'll let you know how that goes. But don't forget, those are those are portal of entry things. People people want to try you a little bit first and they try you via different ways. They try you via consuming your content on your on your um, Facebook page. They try you via your blog post on your clinic website and they all try you by coming and listening to your workshop or your dinner talk. So um, don't overlook those live events as being a, a form of a tripwire as well. When you're talking messenger are we talking mini chat? Is that like the, a popular one that people are using? Is it like bot stuff, answering basic questions, setting up? I've heard the idea is to engage them in a conversation and that will allow you to actually communicate with them. But they've had to have communicated with you somehow in the past to be able to message messenger advertise to them. Am I right. accurate in some of this? You can actually you know, have a subscriber base that you can, um, to an extent, use like an email list, but you have to be more careful with it. Um, well, how I set up Messenger ads is I've been through this year with pretty good success. One I did where I talked about a family plan that we launched through something called Cairo Health USA. Did a whole mm -hmm. long post about why we were doing it, um, what, the, what were the benefits of the family care in our office, things like that. And then I said, you can't do this anymore. I said, comment family below and you can information about it. I can't do that anymore. This is before Facebook's algorithm changed. They call that comment bidding or something like that. You have to be a little more strategic about it now. So the last time I, last one I have, and I have this ad currently running, is I did a post or a, a Facebook post about Torticol, explaining a little bit about what it was. And I said, to learn more about this and care in our office, click the link below. And so it was just a bend that says send message. So then people said, I love this because instead of having somebody come in with a $21 exam, a, you know, kitchen sink, everything else, they're kind of a cold lead. By the time we go through the interaction via messenger, they've already asked about care in our office. I've had a little bit of answer pre-qualify them to you know, see if we take their insurance. Are they going to be a one and done person? Are they willing to put in time and effort to actually get it corrected? It's you can do your whole customized sales process via the messenger thing. It's just wonderful because number one, that's what Facebook wants you to do now. They want you to build communities and have meaningful interactions. But from a sales and marketing thing, it's just great because I have this person that's in a platform that is highly responsive and they, they, they love to interact on anyway. Now I'm part of that ecosystem with them and it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to build a community, but also help with your marketing process before they even walk in the door. Now, is most of this automated? Do you have a staff member answering the particular questions after maybe a message or two that is automated? Like how, how far along do you, have, do you have to step in where you have to have a human being? So I should have it more automated. I should have a staff member doing it, but for right now I do it. Okay. <laughs> Just because I enjoy it and it's fun. I don't have it very automated, more than one or two messages in, um, just because I like that personal touch. Um, okay. I haven't taken the time to learn the all the ins and outs of setting up a really sophisticated bot. So um, yeah, it'd be yeah, you see, because like this this last one, the new patient I got, it was a mom whose son had torticollis, 
she had TRICARE, and TRICARE isn't working chiropractic offices. So and then I could tell her about our prices, and I could tell her about her prices with the Cairo Health USA. And, and I had all this good, great conversation with her before she even called to set up the appointment. So My goodness. I like, I, I'm for automation. I'm for delegation. But if you do too much of that, in my opinion, you're kind of missing the point of having the messenger bot, which is to get that personal touch, to get that some of that sales stuff away. And the person on the other end can definitely tell when they're like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to have a serious conversation and you got some <laughs> rinky dink. Uh, here's my phone number. Call Sally. You know, you're like, what? no, I thought this was the whole point to have a conversation and you're actually executing that really well. So that's pretty cool. And you're actually doing it right, like using the Cairo Health so that you can have discount plans and all that kind of stuff while still being in network. So congratulations on keeping it, <laughs> keeping keeping it, it real. Legal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keeping it legal. <laughs> you know, not everybody does that, but I, you know, I, I just like it for people like her that have TRICARE or VA. And, uh, you know, they served our country so much. Yeah. I can offer them a 30% discount. Delve them out. Help them where we can. You know, I was talking, no, I wasn't talking to somebody. I have a guy that helps me with um, promoting my book and doing it all so you're not just paying $19.95 for a book. You know, you're paying good money for it. And I've been noticing on some of his Facebook posts and things, he'll send me a message, da-da-da-da, and it won't be a <laughs> chatbot responding. So he's really spitting right. on chatbots right now because I guess it's getting out of control with all this animation, uh, automation. So he's just, you know... Trying to say, hey, look, you're actually going to talk to me, not just a robot. You're yeah. going to get personal care, just like you will in my office. Oh, yada, yada, yada. I might have to use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And he yeah. just puts it right in there. That's what's the funniest part. He's like, not a chatbot. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I want to say thank you so much for your time so far. I know it's a Saturday morning. One of the things I like to ask is you got clients because you have an agency. You run ads for other people as well, not just for yourself. And hopefully this this point, a lot of people are saying to themselves, he's kind of just flippantly talking about a lot of different things as if we all know <laughs> what he is talking about. But you and I, we listen to probably other podcasts who that's all they do is talk about this stuff. What's the latest this week? So we kind of have an idea what's going on. But the point is, Dr. Sean is, knows what he's doing. And so we're having this conversation. So hopefully you can say, oh, man, my mind is blown. I'm not going to learn all this stuff. But this guy already does. So what are like maybe two things that you find that your clients, if you could just change their mind in a heartbeat about misconceptions, unrealistic expectations. I think what you got the biggest us? thing is, and I'm transitioning more to a, a passive clientele, not really doing ads for them just because it takes a little too much time and I okay. don't do my own marketing. If I have ads, I'm doing for 10 doctors. So, but even for my students, the biggest thing is two things is it's not as far as it sounds. You can get over the technology. You can get, you can learn, learn the lingo it's it's easy if you can run a flip phone, if you are a, a smartphone, if you can do Facebook, you can do this. It's not that hard, especially with some good guidance. And there's lots of good programs out there, including my own, that teach you how to do it. So you can do it. It's not as hard as it looks. And then number two is you have time. I hear that all the time where people say, I don't have the time. And it drives me nuts. You have the freaking time. We all have the same 168 hours in a week. What you really mean is you don't have the priority or the intention to do it because if you want to do it, if you want to grow your practice with this, I get passionate about this. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> is you got to schedule it in. You yeah, got to do it. If me, the guy with two businesses and five kids and a wife and friends and a church that I'm active in can learn this and make this and master this, so can you. So those are the two big things. It's not as hard as you think it is. You have the time. You just got to make the time. Schedule the time in your schedule. Do you mean I have to cut my nap to only 30 minutes on my two-hour lunch <laughs> exactly. instead of an hour? My goodness, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah, it's just about intentionality. That's it. I mean, and that transcends the all parts of life. It is. You know, and this is learning quick... social media, but anything you want to do in life, you just got to make the time to do it. So I've been doing it, you know, ads for a while, and the first few times you do it, it takes forever. And depending on how fast your <laughs> Facebook loads, it's kind of annoying. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Stop being so dynamic. Um <laughs> But now I'm running a video ad to a couple of different audiences and then a different video for a different thing. And then I created a new audience that was pretty, I was pretty excited about and jazzed up. And I was like, okay, I got that one going, but I want to create one that's kind of similar to that, but, but more scaled down and be more, more generic. So maybe 30 minutes, I created, replicated almost the same audience in the same different cities, but like, like I said, scaled it down, put that, put a, a split test 
of both of those videos with the winning copy and just set it up to where instead of like traffic or maximum reach, I was like, you know what? I just want video views. The reason is I've got all these videos playing this week and next week or the week after, That's it's right. going to be retarget city, baby. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> There's a strategy. I mean, I don't mean to take over the interview, but I think oh, yeah. pretty accurate, right? Like that's and you a good can, strategy. And you didn't. You learned all that on your own, right? I mean, you took some courses, yeah. 30 minutes. It's not that hard. No. Or less. You can, well, like I said, once you get into it, if you spend on social media and content marketing, if you spend two hours a week on it, and you can delegate a lot of it, I think you can be good to go. That's probably all yeah. the more I ever spend on it is two hours a week for my own clinic. And not to under right. And, and not to undercut you with what you're 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 promoting for yourself, obviously, but I learned some of this right. stuff on Udemy. I found some classes. I needed to learn something and I needed to learn like a broad. So I took a couple of classes. I just got a LinkedIn. I was like, you know what? LinkedIn might be this big thing that's coming up. And I tried it one time. I went through <laughs> my money so quick. I was yep. like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? I was like, Justin, invest in a quick $12 course and get the basics a little bit more. That way you're not so green and uh Go on. Speaking of, it's, oh, it's yeah. Leprechaun Day, St. Mm -hmm. Patty's Day, Happy Green Day, the Green Day, Green Books, St. Patrick's Day. Watch out! <laughs> and that's just I. Well, I didn't learn <laughs> from anything within the profession either, because if it existed, I didn't know about it. So, yeah, I I just found whatever mm -hmm. podcast or I bought a few courses and just did trial and error on my own. So, and the good thing is, is that you don't have to do that anymore. Now there's lots of things within the profession. You got you. And that's, that's the part that I, I kind of want to tell people. If you're a physical therapist listening to this, a, a psychologist who's looking to grow theirs, or a chiropractor, especially if you're PT, DC, you could get a course like yours and learn how to do it tailored to the medical profession versus the way I had to do it and what I'm actually doing. Like one day when I go have my own clinic, I might have to contact somebody and pay them some money and be like, all right, I need to transition into actually trying to get patients. Yep. Didn't have to learn that. <laughs> Help me out. So that's the difference between like trying to promote a podcast and some books because that's like a huge audience versus um, like geotargeting a 10 mile radius from where your clinic is. There's a different tactics because it's probably going to cost you more because mm -hmm. you have this little bit yep. amount of people. Well, and that's just it. It's You, you so, know doctors, you know healthcare practitioners. I know chiropractors. So in some ways, it's easier for me to, to market to chiropractors than it is patients because we have this whole, uh, uh, what do they call it? Um, the curse of, of genius or something like that. We forget how much more we know about the body and chiropractic than the average person, that it makes it hard to communicate. And that's what I found sometimes when I first started marketing chiropractic or Facebook to chiropractors is I forgot how little chiropractors know about marketing in general, let alone Facebook and social media marketing. So yeah, it's, you, I don't know why I said that or where I was going with that, but yes, it's, it's, they're two different animals for sure. That transitions, I think, okay into this next one. We all see, well, I say we all, when you start playing around in the marketing, you see these experts out there charging $3,000 a month or $1,000 a month to do this for you. Then behind the scenes, they're asking their buddies, hey, man, I got a new one. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do I do? Yep. So what are some things we can look out for? And what are some of your pet peeves that you're seeing because between you right. and me, we both don't want that for our profession. We don't want to see people getting hoodwinked. So um, I wrote a good blog post about this, which is, gives you some questions to um, ask the person that you're interviewing to see if they know about these things. Um, you don't even necessarily need to know they are, but if you can always tell that deer in the headlight or the um, 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 um you know, the, the when they don't know what the heck you're talking about. So I can send you that link and you can put that in the show notes if you want to. But the other thing is just, uh, the and what's your website real quick, too? Um, I haven't updated that blog in a long time. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I'll be honest, Halo's off. Um, but there's still some good content on there for sure. It's good covering content. And there's one about choosing your social media marketing experts. Um, the big thing is is that um, I, I always look at their uh, I always look at their uh, their own social media profile, right? Did they do they have like 59 mm -hmm. likes or like 29 likes on there? Um, you have at least a few hundred likes on your Facebook profile if you're a Facebook marketer. Did they reach out to you, cold call you via Messenger, or did they get to you through a Facebook ad themselves, right? Because if they're Facebook ads, they should be able to get to you and get you as a client via Facebook ads. But a lot of these people, they friend a chiropractor they can see on Facebook, and then they cold, cold call 
cold call you. They message you out of the blue saying, hey, I can help you with your Facebook ads. To me, that's a red flag. So if they have don't have very many followers on their own social media business profile, that's a red flag. If they cold call you via messenger, that's a red flag. Um, and if and I always ask, what's the what do they use? What, what's the offer? What's their strategy? If their strategy is this the twenty one dollar exam and everything else, and my firstborn child for twenty one dollars, that's not gonna. Adios. Exactly. <laughs> if I don't have any strategy beyond that, then that's another big red flag. So, those are I think four good things to look at when you're evaluating people. What do you think about, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes the person who's like, look, you're new, but that right. doesn't mean you aren't good. And sometimes I kind of try to help people out who are new because like one time I was new and somebody helped me out. So should we should we really stick to people that have been doing it for a while and charge more versus the person who's like, look, I'll waive my fee and I'll experiment with you? I mean, should we just avoid those types of people? Well, here's, here's the problem with that is that they're experimenting. They're still experimenting with your money for ad spend more than likely, right? They're not going to charge you for their time, but they're still going to use your money for the ad spend. And that's still your good name going out there in your community. So if you don't mind your good name Mm. being attached to this crazy good deal BS, go for it. Or if you don't mind your good name being attached to somebody that really probably has no idea about the chiropractic profession or the psychology profession or anything else, go for it. But I'm a bit of a heart when it comes to that idea. I I proved it with my own clinic and and um and at least with you you're you're a chiropractor, so you know about chiropractic and the ins and outs and the legalities and the stuff you can you cannot do. So I just have a really tough time saying, Yeah, go for it if they're gonna waive their fee because it's still your money and it's still your reputation. I like that answer. Doc, are you ready? Switch into the little more personal side of the interview. I thought that was a personal side. Oh <laughs> no I'm teasing. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. Okay, good. We're going to pull the veil back even further now. We're going to go behind the curtain. Hashtag. Um, all right. So you're a solo doc. Your wife's also a doctor, but she's at home raising the children, educating them, doing everything that she has to do. You're doing what you need to do. Are you able to take vacation? And if not, how can you So take I don't more? take as many as I should. Um, so I'm essentially a solo practitioner. My wife's not really available to come in and practice for me. Um, but I try to get away for at least mm-hmm. a full week every year and then i also try to take smaller mini breaks of okay. you know three-day weekends four-day weekends here and there but if you're going to do that you have to plan ahead you either have to get a coverage doctor in there for you or you start saving up money because there will be if you're a solo doc you're not there you're not making money so you're going to have to have that saved up exactly for when you are gone if you have a good market in, in place you won't you'll you'll be fine when you get back but you got to have a plan in place to make up that revenue or save up that revenue ahead of time. Have you ever hired a fill-in doc? What was your experience? I have not, so I don't really have any experience with that. I can't hardly find anybody. It's so hard. One of my very first interviews was a guy named Nathan, and uh, Dr. Nathan, and he had like a, a locum practice and stuff like that. And I was like, that's a really great idea. But I was thinking to myself, I can't remind my, remember if I ever actually wanted to – because there's, there's two sides. Somebody says it's great because you don't lose all your money. Some people say it's not so great because then your patients are like, hey, man, yeah. I came to see you and yeah. I got this random dude or girl. And so then you're like dealing with upset patients when you come back. So I guess it just depends on how busy you are. If you're seeing three or four hundred a week, you might be worth just to stay. Yeah, but I think if you do there. do it, you got to give your patients notice saying, I'm going to be on this week. Here's this welcome doctor. I don't say it like that, but explain the situation and then give them the chance to either see, see that locum that week or wait a week to see them because there will be those people that are hurting and they just want to keep on with care at least in my opinion i don't have a good answer because i haven't been there before but that's a great point to me that you got to be fair with people yeah agreed i like that that was a good point uh it sounds like you probably have this a home and work life balance how do you how do you get that um let's see because i didn't have that a lot last year especially when i had more the agency model where i was doing ads for people um this year what really got me where I'd have hope work and life balance is just saying no to things. You know, saying no to even good things is the key. So for me, that was the big thing is, you know, is my spiritual life, is my family life where I want it to be? And the answer was no. So I just simply had to say no to doing ads for chiropractors because it took up too much time and energy. So um, if you want balance, you got to say no to certain things. And then, um, thank you. (laughs) The other thing is that... um, I lost my train of thought. Say no to things 
And then um, that's the biggest thing, I guess. <laughs> Since I can't remember the second thing I was going to say, it happens when you have five kids. <laughs> you have that many kids. So how do you, this is just off, kind of more off topic, but how do you deal with that? Like, how do you have time? You know, you come home, maybe you have three hours. If they're a little bit older, maybe you have four hours. Their bedtime is a little later. Do you have to like 20 minutes with this one and 20 minutes with that one? Or it's, it's all out wrestling for the next 30 minutes so everybody has enough time with daddy? Like how do it's you just, how yeah, do you A lot of times that? it's um, – I have two or three kids on my lap talking to me once and it's kind of crazy. Oh, the other thing I was going to say was for me, the big thing is that I have a 25-minute drive to and from work. So that's my time to have a little time to myself to – listen to some worship music or just have silence and pray or, you know, listen to a podcast. But that's my little time to kind of decompress between seeing, you know, 40, 50 people in a day or more and then coming home to my kids. Um, but uh, so what we also try to do is we try to take at least 20, 30 minutes a week, if not longer. Ideally, it's like a date thing. So I try to date my wife and I try to date my kids, you know, at least once, once in a while. We just go into town and we go to the pet store and look at all the animals. So, but at home, it's just putting this thing on silent, the phone on silent, and uh, just being present is the big thing. So, and they all feel loved. Uh, they all get time and attention. So, um, it's just a matter of being intentional about it too. Hey, the intentional part actually is from all the, the psychologists we've had on there, they, that was one of the big things they said is just being intentional with your wife, being intentional with your kids. Yep. And like you said, turning off your phone. That's smart. Besides date night, is there anything that you can do to keep the love alive? I heard it really put well one time where they said that we pursue what we don't have. So when we're dating that person, we kind of have them, but we don't. And so when you get married, you have them. They're, you're, you're, you feel like you're locked in They're They're yours for life. So it's easy to let that, that idea of pursuit fall away, that idea of, of having so much interest in it fall away. So um, the date night's the big one, but just always trying to be interested in what's going on in her life, you know, what's going on with the kid, what's, what are her dreams and what are her aspirations um, is the big thing. It's just not passively having this marriage covenant, but really – actively and I keep going back to it it's almost stereotypical but being intentional with my pursuit of my wife and just always you know I make and we just had a good sermon series about this I make got my pursuit of my, my relationship with my God my number one but right behind that's my relationship with my wife so it's just you got to have those priorities in place and, and don't lose that pursuit because we're all great in the dating phase and then we get, get that happy when we're married you can't let yourself do that what a, I mean, I could cut this part out too, but what denomination are you? Um, we're Assemblies of God, our church, but you wouldn't know it by coming in and more of a non-denominational feel. So, yep. A part of some churches where like, wait, this is Baptist? Really? <laughs> yep. Huh. I would have never guessed. I was like, y'all don't even have it on the door anymore. It's like, well, we're still part of the convention. And you're like, oh, all right then. Yep. Whatever. I was just yeah, it was Hillside Assembly. Okay. Now it's just Hillside Church. So, yeah, it, that's the trend, right? Get rid of those denominational things. That's cool. Hey, do y'all have like the big, uh, the big light shows and all that we stuff do. now? Yeah, you might want to cut this. Yeah, thing. me too. Hey, I like it. I was just, <laughs> I was just kind of curious. I was trying to feel it out, but I love it. I mean, I think it's fun, and people, you know, you got to meet people where they are. Like a piano in the front. Come right. on. No, it, it's. I think you can go over the top a little bit, but yeah, it's you got you got it's just the presentation, right? A leader in our denomination yeah. came and there's something big that happened in our church, and he said he brought out little cans of WD-40. And he said, you know, there's this can and this is what it looked like. And now you can get it in a little spray bottle and a little pen. And he said all the packaging has stayed the same, but what's inside, or all the packaging has changed, but what's inside has stayed the same. So the message of the gospel doesn't change, but how you package it and deliver it is what changes. So I thought that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I did one one time. It was, they did a peanut butter and jelly series, and it was talking about like, the wife and the husband and that relationship that they have and all that kind of stuff. And that yeah, was cute. It worked. And they always have a series at least once or twice a year about marriages and they always come up with new ways to do it. So it just keeps it enjoyable and yep. kind of edgy. Yeah. So people Definitely. are like, yeah, we have a, I don't, this is a little bit of a tangent. And like I said, you can always cut it out. Um, at our church, we have a children's pastor who is actually the president of the world clown association. So he, okay. He does like, he does, he has like trips, 
gifts and magic and all this other stuff. And it's just to keep the people's attention, the kids' attention. The kids love going to church because Randy makes it so fun and stuff. But it's, it's. I've been to his church, his kid services. It's, it's, it's in depth. It's, you learn stuff. I learn stuff. So um, just to kind of <laughs> further say what you said, it's it's about just meeting people where they're at. So you know, we have a clown, we have a clown for a yeah, pastor, I'll, literally. <laughs> you, know? you clown. He's like thank you. Uh, so my wife. Yeah, exactly. My wife is a, a relatively new Christian. We're having a, a baby in August. Nice. Whoop whoop. Congratulations. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, sir. It's uh, it's four months, so we're we're excited. But um, she's English is her second language. So when she's trying to like read a Bible, Bible, it's like whoo. And so I got her like this little like a kid's Bible that you would read like a, a two year old. Oh She yeah. plowed through it, got the basics, and was like. And then my mom gave her like a teenager Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, she's almost finished the whole thing. I'm really proud of her. I mean, that's a thick book. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, I get it. This is the first time like everything's just sort of flowed and it's not like hosh poshed all over the place. So anyway, so she's she's excited about it. And I guess just saying like she's not a kid, but she, you know, English is your second language. It's going to be a little bit harder to grasp. It looks like you're using uh, some Rosetta Stone speaker uh, headphones. Is that true? Yeah, that's what these are from. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. me too. So <laughs> I don't know what language you're learning, but um it's difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, like bring it back to what we talked about earlier is you got to do that for your patients, right? You got to dumb it way the heck down because they'll tell you they have their prostrate taken out. Say their shoulder hurts and point right here to their CT junction. So I think those are useful things to remember our practices, too, that we got to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Last question. We all tend to have our favorite books, blogs, podcasts, and phone apps. If you forget any of those, okay. I'll remind you. But do you have any favorite ones that you're like, you secretly love and some that you're like, everyone just needs to start looking at this? So phone apps. Um, one of the big ones that I really, really love is actually Audible. I love audiobooks. That's usually what's playing when I'm on my car ride between to and from work and really any, if, you know, even if I'm doing dishes, I have an audio book playing usually a lot of the time. So Audible is one of my favorite, favorite apps is um, you can so passively in, uh, consume the information. I think if it's a book you really want to learn from, it's helpful to have the hard copy as well because I think you, you retain it a lot better. Uh, that's one of the big ones is mm-hmm. Audible. I'm kind of looking through my phone to be honest. That's the big one I would say is Audible. Uh, don't overlook audiobooks. Yeah. And then what were the other things? The blog? Any po- podcasts you like to listen to? Any books that you would recommend on Audible? Um, I love I love it oldie, but it's a goodie. And I, I put off reading it for a long, long time. I thought it was such a, a boring-sounding book, and it's old. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is amazing. And you, if you read that or listen to that, you realize how much of the self-help and personal development stuff that you hear today, even how many years later, is really rooted in what he taught for the first time in that book. So I absolutely love how to win friends and influence people. I'm a big, big fan of um, the Perpetual Traffic podcast. I love that podcast. I love... Um, Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership Podcast, um, and I absolutely love um, uh, Rick Mulready's podcast. He has one called, um, I can look for you, but Rick Mulready, he has another social media marketing podcast. So, um, yep, those are all really, okay. really good podcasts. But how about yourself? What I don't know, Maybe you want to cut this part out, but. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, this is great. You know what? No one ever asked Justin right. what he likes. Okay, so. I've got, uh, let's see, uh, Freedom Fast Lane. Okay. It's kind of Amazon sales and some real estate stuff. Uh, Ryan something Moran. He's cool. I like Perpetual Traffic, social media marketing. Oh, with, uh, Michael Silver. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's the name. I actually like this one called The Cash Based Practice. Jared Carter, he's a physical therapist, and it's just a different viewpoint of how to have a cash practice in something like PT where you wouldn't expect. Right. in my opinion more because they're so insurance based um russell brunson's he seems like he always gets a new podcast every mm-hmm. couple of years i don't know what's going on with that but and then the one i do like is from buffer the science of social media they're only like 15 minutes so it's kind of like almost like a mm-hmm. research review well we did a split test of a hundred thousand dollars and these are what we found out as far as videos and length and so those are some of the basic ones that i tend to go back to and uh it's it's fun so yeah. everybody you just got a mountain 
of podcasts that you can download and spend hours. But at 1.7 speed, it doesn't take an hour, which is very nice. <laughs> I did just start listening to audiobooks on 1.25, I think it is. So I don't know if my brain yep. Oh, come on. You can do better <laughs> than that. <laughs> I don't know if my brain keep up any faster than that. I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you get a good point and you're like having to reverse right. it three times, you're like, all right, Justin, just slow it down. <laughs> you're being a lot wasteful now. So, well, how can people find out more about you, what you're doing, and reach out? The inspiredchiropractor.com is my website. That's probably the best place to reach me at. Um, and yeah, I, you can always message me on Facebook. That's probably the next best way to do it. Just look up Sean Andrews. I'm the bald guy with the beard and the glasses. And that's pretty easy to be picking out. Just send me a message and and uh, we'll connect and go from there. People ask a good bit, how do you monetize a podcast? Well, if you have a big enough audience, you can just get advertisers and they just pay you a fee. Other times, you got to get a little creative, like with affiliates. So you recommend a product and then you get a commission. But hopefully you actually enjoy the product that you're recommending. And in this case, I do. So a doctorsperspective.net slash resources, you'll have all this stuff like Blueberry for the hosting. That's what I use. Set for set. They've got these wild steel maces. Well, I don't use that. They do have these power bands and they're great for stretching and mobilizing joints that definitely are locked up. Mentor box, get a book, listen to it by the author, summarizing the book, but also things that they learned since they wrote it, as well as a workbook to help you out. We got Primal Doc as a coupon code for Primal Health Bone Broth. It's paleo, autoimmune diet based. You got no sugar, no soy, no no allergies, no gluten, no dairy. And you can save 10% off with the Primal Doc code. You got Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels. If you ever wanted .com secrets or expert secrets, if you click that link, you can get the book at a good price as well as help me out. And then underneath that, Amazon, anything that the guests recommend, if you see a hot link, a blue link in the show notes, if you click those and buy one of their books or one of the products, I'll get a little piece of that. And I appreciate it. We have got new t-shirts. We've got a Louisiana theme. It's my home state. So I'm kind of fond of it. We've got a make lemon out of lemonades t-shirt. And of course, some chiropractic shirts that are uh, tongue in cheek, but hopefully you guys like them and gals. Also, if you're into Lessons Learned in China, my first book, uh, exercises, stretches to help with numbness, budgeting, all that type of thing. You can try four chapters free, doctorperspective.net slash chapters. Also, acupuncture, if you like no needle acupuncture, if you like that idea, if you always wanted to try it, but you don't have one nearby, or you just don't have two hours a day to go, you know, commuting and getting the treatment and everything, there's something you can do at your house, 30 minutes for a little over a week, and you can see results. Now, doctorsperspective.net slash in a protocol, as in needless acupuncture. So in a protocol, and you get four chapters for free. These complete with the words and the pictures and how to do it, how, when you should do it, all those types of questions. Anxiety, insomnia, back pain, headaches. So check that out. You'll be forwarded to a page uh, with a video. And all you got to do is put your email in. And if you don't like the upsell after that, just scroll to the bottom, click no, and then you'll get to the next page. It's where you can actually download them. Also, if you've looked at doing an acupuncture pin, it's kind of like a tinge unit you would use for your muscles, but it's been modified for stimulating acupuncture points run off of a 9-volt battery. You can go to doctorsperspective.net slash epin, and you can buy that on the website as well. Thank you all so much for checking out all these resources. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Uh, rank us five stars. Leave a review. Greatly appreciated. As always, if you have any special guests that you would love to hear or a series that you would like, reach out on the top right of the website. You have all the social media icons. Just click the one that's your favorite and connect. We just went hashtag behind the curtain and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.